here's the beautiful thing about Ohio State having played a game, America. They get all these answers in week one, and then a fresh batch of questions right after that to get into week two. That's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. Welcome back to the podcast daily. Hope you had a wonderful Labor Day, and you're off to a great start on this Tuesday. Uh, Bill, Ryan Day, and Jim Knowles will be speaking later on in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. We will be there, and we're going to be listening to what questions? I would imagine quite a few about what's up with the quarterback position, right? Like, uh, I know that that's all my mind. And if the answer is simply like Kyle's our quarterback and this was never a competition going into the season, then that's fine. But I, that's not what I thought was the case going into the Indiana game. I don't, I don't know what you thought, but, uh, I guess I would like one, like clarifying statement on what exactly this is. And then two, if it is still a competition, then what is the plan to make sure that, you know, it actually happens in the season and not, uh, you know, end up in a situation where Devin Brown is playing three plays and then effectively garbage time. You seemed, and again, I was only listening, not talking to you in the post game on Saturday, um, quite stunned. I'm going to go, mm -hmm. I'm going to go past surprise and go to stunned about the way that that played out. I don't, I thought that Devin Brown would play more, but I also thought that there would be a situation where Ohio State was in a close game. They had to rely on the guy who they viewed as having the better camp, which Ryan Day did say last week was Kyle McCord, the consistency, uh, the opportunity. He won the job coming out of it over the last two weeks of training camp. So from that perspective, I can't say that like changing plans was a massive surprise to me because that game did get tight, and I understand his uh, the decision-making process, the logic he used to stick with Kyle McCord in that game. But I think as to your question here, what does that mean for the next two weeks? Because the way they handled it on Saturday would make me think that the competition is over. Yeah, me too. And like I said, that that's totally fine. Well, well, and I'm also willing to entertain that my interpretation of what Ryan Day said last week was wrong, but I don't, did you take it the same way? Did you think this was going to be a situation where they were actually going to carry the competition into the season? That was my impression. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so then uh, like plans change. I get that. Um, I just, it just doesn't really compute to me, right? Cause the thing that Ryan day always says is we're looking for the guy that's going to get us down the field to score touchdowns. And that wasn't happening. And that's not, I don't mean to like levy that as a, as a criticism only on Kyle McCord. There were a lot of things with the offense that weren't working and Kyle McCord, I think in the end played okay. Um, it just wasn't so good that I thought like he should have the entire game unless the thought process was he's our starting quarterback. Of course, he's going to get the entire game. So I like I, I'm just I just want clarity on that. I, I guess I want to know how I should be talking about it as we talk to Ohio State fans about it. And and if I, I honestly don't know what Ryan Day is going to say on on Tuesday, he he could well say that like it's it's not a competition. We didn't view it that way. We were hoping to get Devin some snaps, but we we thought all along that Kyle's our quarterback and we're going to treat him as a starter. That is fine, but that is that is not what I thought was going to be the case. Um, and I, I guess in, if that is the case, I'm a little bummed only because I wanted to see Devin play, and I really thought that Ohio State wanted to see Devin play. And I think that they do, but want to see him play to get him experience and want to see him play if he should be the starting quarterback are two very different things, and now I, I don't know which of those two categories he falls into. If they think that it's the latter of those two, this is a week, by the way, that Ohio State plays Youngstown State on Saturday. 
They can do whatever they want, however they want, with anybody they want on Saturday. This this is what you pay that money for. It is a glorified exhibition. I think it would be odd. That's the best term that I can come up with. Like the way that Devin Brown was used, the play calling when he was in, the way that he was talked about uh, as being legitimately uh, close in that battle at this time a week ago. Like it didn't line up with the way that they treated it on Saturday. And as you said, if if that's not the reality, so be it. Like it doesn't it doesn't affect us anyway. We will cover whichever quarterback is out there, whichever one Ryan Day believes gives Ohio State the best chance to win. That's you know, he is a professional making more than nine million dollars a year, and we are covering the team. And we don't make nine million dollars. We um, do not, no. Maybe we should. That'd be cool. <laughs> um but that that would probably be a waste of somebody's money. Anyway, my point is it it did not play out the way it had been described, which I understand because that was a Big Ten game on the road and it was close. So you didn't have an opportunity to restart. But if you got rid of one com- very competitive data point on Saturday against Indiana by electing to go with Kyle McCord, are you going to start from scratch for the next two weeks before you go to Notre Dame? Like neither of these two defenses are going to give you the same look that Indiana gave the Buckeyes on Saturday. So how could it change your mind? This is kind of how I felt about with two weeks left in camp. It's like, okay, you've had your last big scrimmage. What data point is there that really exists that is going to give you a look that makes you want to switch, uh, switch boats midstream? Yeah, right. I, I agree. Like that that Indiana game was it. Like uh, I'm sure Devin Brown will play against Youngstown State. He'll probably play a lot against Youngstown State. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets one half and Kyle McCord gets the other, or if they like do the quarter by quarter thing because it truly doesn't matter in that game. And I don't know. Like Western Kentucky has an interesting offense. It also just gave up almost 600 yards to South Florida. So like I don't I don't think they're putting up much of a fight in two weeks either. So just like what does it mean then if Devin Brown goes into those two games and plays well? I don't know what you're learning. I, this this was it turns out like Indiana's defense. I I actually think Indiana's defense might be better than we were giving them credit for, and that's not to like make people feel better about the way Ohio State played. Um, I just think like in hindsight now that that really was probably more of of a test than I thought it would be in terms of figuring out what these quarterbacks are about, and and it's just gone by now without without using it the way you could have because I don't think. The game was tight, whatever. Indiana wasn't trying to score. Like I, I I'd said this with Berm on the Monday daily. There was no point in that game in which I thought Ohio State was going to lose or was in jeopardy of losing. I just thought, like, well, this is going to be closer than, than people thought it would be. But Indiana was not interested in, in making it competitive. They were just simply hoping to cover. Um, and that that was very evident, I think, to everyone watching the game, even, even as the frustrations with Ohio State's offense mounted. Um, that to me was still a game where you could play the two quarterbacks and not worry, worry about getting into a rhythm or anything like that. Cause frankly, like the rhythm wasn't happening anyway. So um, it was just weird. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to harp on it and like be super angry about it. Cause I'm not angry about it. I'm confused more than anything. Um, and would just like some clarity about where this is going because um, I, I just thought like a lot of people that this was a three game in season competition to figure out who your starter was going to be in South Bend at the end of the month. And now it doesn't feel like that. And if and if it's not that, then I would like to know, I guess, so mostly we can stop talking about it and stop being confused <laughs> by it. Yeah, because I would have thought that this week, especially that Ryan Day wouldn't have to spend 45 minutes instead of a, you know, a nice tight 30 uh, talking about the opener and talking about a lot of other positions aside from quarterback. 
mm-hmm. but the way that it was handled and the way that we, you know, the a week ago at this time, the way it was discussed, like, well, what what did change? Did anything change? And then what was the evaluation of Kyle McCord on Saturday? Did you feel, you know, better about it? We kept hearing mixed bag, mixed bag, mixed bag about pretty much everything on offense on Saturday from Ryan Day, which I think is also uh, a fair description of what we saw. Did it appear better on film? Did the second half give you give you if you're a Ryan Day and uh, Brian Hartland and Corey Dennis more confidence that it was trending in the right direction? Because I could believe that that seemed like it was the case, and there were a handful of plays when you look on Saturday that if there's not a red zone drop, if there's not Marvin stepping out of bounds, you know, if Kyle McCord himself runs a different way in the red zone, like mm-hmm. that stat line looks a lot different. And the conversation about Ohio State is a lot different. And there probably wouldn't be any reason to talk about Devin Brown in multiple questions. One would probably cover it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause I do, th- I think that is important, right? You do want, you want the evaluation after watching the film of, of what they thought of, of Kyle McCord and, and hope that it would be an honest one. But you want them about a lot of positions. Like I wanted about the offensive line for sure, um, especially the left side. Um, I, I did think they played better as the game went on and Ohio State did start to figure some stuff out. It wasn't always maybe executed perfectly to a T, but I think the ideas were better a lot of times in the second half, which was which was encouraging. And I do think that group that, that group does need time. Like I'm not – I'm not on let's start swapping guys in and out and switching positions around. Um, I just think like first game of the year, offensive line struggles are are fairly common. Um, and Ohio state can move past them and has two weeks to build a rhythm here. But I would like to ask Ryan day that just to sort of maybe take his temperature on it. Kind of, kind of see if I can pick up on a vibe there, whether or not, cause he projected a lot of confidence with that group. I think the last two weeks of camp and then that, confidence did not or, or the the thing that he was projecting confidence in i don't think really showed up against indiana so how is he feeling now that they have a game under the belt because obviously you need that group to travel and play very well when you play notre dame i'm glad that you'll be there to mix in some offensive line variety to what is going to be a quarterback heavy press conference <laughs> yeah it will be and like i you know I'll, depending on when i get called on i guess it'll dictate what i ask about but there there are other things to get into like it was an interesting game like chip train them like that whoa that was awesome like we uh, can we see more of that please like what's the what's the plan for for chip moving forward and um i think it's really exciting to to have a, a guy like chip look productive um and efficient and and sort of throw his hat into the ring as a guy who who needs to get touches in the offense because i think it just, that just makes the position uh all that much better and and helps keep guys like travion and mayan healthier for for the long run so I, I don't think that's a bad thing i think it's a good thing but i'd like to know like how they landed on the idea of chip doing some of that fullback stuff and what chip thought of it at first and um maybe different ways that package can grow because no offense to mitch rossi chip Trainum's a little bit of a different dude doing some of that stuff and and, and that makes it interesting um why or how does Ohio State ever get into a world where Emeka Ibuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. only touch the ball <laughs> six times? <laughs> I'd like to know an answer to that question, too, and and what they can do to perhaps make sure that doesn't happen again. So uh, it, there is a lot to get into beyond the quarterback. But, yeah, quarterback is definitely going to dominate the conversation. Yeah, I I wish that it wouldn't. Uh, you know, maybe Ryan Day can give an answer to start this press conference that removes all the rest of that intrigue because – there's so many other factors. Ohio State scored 23 points and had two touchdowns. That's very uncommon for them. And I I do think that, I mean, I said all of August that I thought the game could get disjointed 
and that Indiana would throw some challenges at them and that, I mean, I did not pick them to cover. So I can't, can't or shouldn't sit here and say, ah, well, you know what? It sucks that they struggled in that close game. Like, how did that happen? Like, I don't think that Ohio State should be disappointed to win by 20 on the road. I'm trying to be more realistic about those things than maybe I did for much of last year. You don't have to score 50 points and win in a shutout every single game. That's not going to happen. And that shouldn't be the standard that Ohio State is held to. But all of that can be true. And you can also say, is there the run game creativity that Ryan Day wanted or that Justin Fry wanted to bring? Uh, When you evaluate Travion Henderson and some of the vision or cuts that he made in this game, that wasn't really what we thought he was going to do coming out of training camp. If we're being honest, like, you know, why was that? What did they see on film? How easily can those things get corrected? Are they similar to the issues that uh, Tony Alford felt like existed for him at times last year? Uh, injury, notwithstanding, um, do some of those other guys make that a more competitive uh, balanced backfield in terms of carries and workload at this point? What has to happen for Marvin Harrison to not have a two-catch game again this season? Even if he is going to get extra attention, uh, that's not a situation that Ohio State, I think, can live with. And the same is true for Emeka Ibuka. The one time that they ran an end-around slash pop pass, Emeka got the easiest nine yards that you'll ever find and was one tackle away from taking it the distance. Um, How much of that stuff are we going to see moving forward? How much of what happened with the play calling against Indiana mostly in the first half was by design because Ohio state didn't want to push, you know, push uh, the envelope with three new offensive linemen and a new starting quarterback against the conference opponent. We talk, we get that a lot. You and I were both in the game thread on Saturday. And the question was like, how vanilla is it? Like, I I don't know, not the most exotic, not the Georgia offense. How much of that is because you just expect to beat Indiana and you're never going to in threat to lose the game. Like, that's like 15 questions right there that don't really have anything to do with the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like it's not obviously you want to see Ohio State score more than 23 points. They should score more than 23 points. Sometimes you have a really good plan and it doesn't work. I, I'm more interested like in the plan itself, which I did not think was all that inspired coming into this game. And and I like I think there are reasons for that that make it understandable. And you laid a lot of them out there. Um, but it also made me like a little I don't know, weary of, of, of what's to come if they're not comfortable sort of, you know, letting it loose because they have a couple new offensive linemen and, and a new quarterback. Um, Cause I want to see, I want to see Ohio state do that. Like I watch other teams around the country rifling the ball over the field, being creative and, and Ohio state did something like, you know, on their opening drive, I, I mentioned this, they ran six different run plays, right? Like they, they did mix some stuff up when it came to running the ball. They had some different formations. They ran more gap schemes probably than they typically do in a game or have typically done in a game under Ryan Day. Like it wasn't wasn't purely the stuff everything or everything we've come to expect under Ryan Day. The passing game I think largely was, but the running game was was a little varied, which was nice to see. Um, may, yeah, maybe it was just that they you know they figured they could do as little as they wanted to and still win the game. I don't know, even if it was closer than people wanted it to be, that's fine. You're probably saving some stuff for Notre Dame. Didn't really see Marvin in the slot. I think we will see that eventually. Um, did not really feel like they were they were doing anything to make sure the ball got into the hands of Marvin and Emeka. They were just going to let kind of let that come to them if it did, and I guess it didn't. Um, 
so I don't know. I, I it's it's week one, right? And I think like we all are hyper reactionary to it. And I like I include us in that too. A few days removed from it now, I think I've calmed down a bit, but there are things to get into with Ryan Day that I, I think are not necessarily just about that game, but it's about like the direction of the offense and what this is going to look like for the entirety of the 2023 season. Yeah, Ryan Day probably won't enjoy uh a victory Tuesday press conference as much as Jim Knowles will. Yeah, he'll get his flowers, I think. Um, good good job, Jim. Way to not be too aggressive and just sort of smother <laughs> just smother a bad Indiana team. Um, they were really good. Like I don't I didn't come out of that with any defensive concerns. I, I came out of it, I guess, um mad at Indiana for not trying, but that's not Ohio State's problem. Um, they did what they were supposed to do. It would be interesting or will be interesting, I think, to hear from Jim Knowles on how much of that triple option stuff that they expected because they did seem ready for it right away. It didn't, didn't really seem to catch Ohio State off guard. And then they kind of did what they needed to do. Um, there were like interesting individual performances, right? Like Josh Proctor played really well, I thought. And then Malik Harford came in and also played really well. So then what do you do with those two? Um, Sonny like played linebacker basically in that game because of the way it went. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do wonder how much he can still move around uh, within that scheme. But it was it was a good start for them. So whatever whatever praise Jim Knowles gets, and I'm sure he'll enjoy uh, talking about how good you are. It's always an easy answer question to answer. Like, why are you so good at what you do? And that'll be uh, the questions for Jim Knowles, I think. Well, then you get to say, mm, well, not satisfied. Three points, too many. You know, still can get better. We're expecting a big jump from week one to week two. Uh, missed, you know, missed a couple tackles. Got to clean that up. He's got, not everybody graded a champion. You know, the goal is all 11. I, I, I just gave it away. You don't have to listen. We're going to stream it later. That's, that's the Jim Knowles <laughs> press conference right there. Um, he will get I, asked about only playing CJ Hicks one snap, I bet. <laughs> well, either you or Berm, I think you're <laughs> yeah. going to use up that question. Yeah, I think so trying to decide if I need to just sit it out or if I can get some clarity on why Tyleek Williams got the first snap on every single drive and the first snap of the game. And it felt like, I guess I didn't look. Do you, do you have the number for me, Bill, the PFF numbers on the snap count? It felt like he had twice as many as my call, but maybe that was my imagination in the press box. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that much of a, of a disparity. Um, Tyleek had 30 to lead all the defensive tackles, my call had 26. Okay. So that's that's an acceptable margin between those two players. And I will say that Tyleek Williams played uh, a pretty solid game from what I what I saw. Yeah. Uh, and especially because of, you know, the knee brace and the knee injury and the thing that we saw hampering him throughout August. He came out onto the field on Saturday and I'm like that is a the, it's got to be the biggest knee brace that they make. <laughs> it, it's huge. And so I didn't know that he was even going to play a, a great amount in that game because of that situation. And then he was really important there in stopping that triple option in the rush attack at the you know point of attack and in the middle. So maybe that favors him, you know, in this game slightly more than my call. I, I don't know, you know why that would be, although it does seem to be the case that Larry Johnson doesn't feel like my call is as great of a run stopper as he does actually appear to be when he's in the game, but uh, that's I am in no place to question that. Um, again, he makes over a million dollars to coach defensive line, and he's been doing that for fifty years, and I have not. So uh, that's you know whatever the explanation is, I'm I'm happy to learn and be educated on it. 
I think Mike Hall needs to play the most snaps of Ohio State's defensive tackles. He wasn't that far off in this game, so I probably don't need to freak out about it or hyper-react to one week, but uh, I don't know. It, how Tyleek emerged as the top dog for that group in week one I think is worth a discussion. Not even setting Mike Hall aside. Like, What's the difference in him that makes him more effective right now? Because um, you know, he's talked in the past about the the work ethic and all those other things. Like what's what's different for him, I think is a worth a worthy conversation. Yeah, I thought, you know, he played he played well and I, I found that encouraging that he played well in a game that was not a drop back pass game because I I think he would very much like to just be able to kind of pin his ears back and go after the quarterback. Um and this this required a patience and uh probably sacrificing and taking up double teams so other guys could could get those stats and and he did a really good job of that so um you know maybe it's easier when when you don't have any other option and the team's not going to drop back but i I thought it was one of the better games we've seen from him um just sort of doing like normal defensive tackle stuff so um i i was surprised he played that much for sure uh it was kind of like a three-man deal was like him and and mike and ty hamilton kind of played the same number of snaps and then there was a pretty nice drop off to the next guy which was Jaden mckenzie um there weren't a ton of defensive snaps in that game either i think it was like 50 something i think like lathan ransom led the defense with 55 snaps so um they weren't on the field a whole lot because again indiana did not try to score (laughs) well you know i i think it's worth reiterating that point a lot they wanted to shorten the game. They did that. The clock rules shortened the game. Uh, I guess that's another question that we need to get into. Ryan Day was asked about it, you know, kind of briefly, and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure he had any other initial takeaway other than this is this is bad. This is brutal. Nobody wants it. Please change the clock rules back. He didn't say any of that. That was, I think, the expression on his face. That was uh, I read into that. But that's going to require an adjustment. Like that's what teams are going to try and do. The games are going to be shorter. Ohio State's offense, even when their defense was playing at a really high level like it was on Saturday, are going to, they're going to have fewer opportunities. That's going to be really important at Notre Dame, potentially important against Penn State and Wisconsin. Teams that can run the ball, and we know it's the last week of the regular season, Like that formula already existed. And now the clock will compound that more. So I don't know. Does Ohio State feel like they have to adjust that? Do they need to play more tempo because they – are getting fewer snaps overall in the game. Can they make up for that by going, uh, pushing the pedal a little bit more? I, I, maybe Ryan Day won't answer that part directly, but I'd have to think some of that is being a, a, talked about now because they've been through one of these games and they've seen the impact that it has. Yeah, we'll have to see, I think, the long-term effect of this. Small sample size does does seem like it's going to limit possessions uh, and put more of a premium on drive efficiency when Ohio State is not very good. They had two touchdowns. Um they they have been among the better like points per drive offenses in the country under Ryan Day like top five usually sometimes the best so I'm not too worried about it it, it probably it might require a recalculation on like what the, that final number looks like more often than not but I know Florida State got into the 40s you know like Oregon scored 80 something points against a really bad team Washington mm-hmm. scored in the 50s against a pretty good Boise State team so um, you can still put points on the board I don't like I don't. I don't look at the 23 and say like, well, they had fewer possessions. Of course they only scored 23 <laughs> points. Uh, right. They probably, they should have had probably two or three more touchdowns in that game. Yeah, no, that's, you're definitely right about that. Can't argue that point. Uh, and we're, 
going to find out some other things that we can talk about in the week ahead later on today in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center with Ryan Day and Jim Knowles talking. That will be streamed on the podcast. We have uh, the Horseshoe Lounge Roosters will be there later on today. We'll have some Snappy Jays. Uh, there's more Kings of Columbus on the way. All the things that you've come to expect, we're deep into it now. Uh, the season has started, and we are not going to stop the coverage now. We're going to ramp it up uh, and take our own version of the tempo offense to keep bringing you full coverage of Ohio State, especially ahead of Saturday's matchup with Youngstown State. Uh, hope you, Again, hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for starting uh, your Tuesday with us on the Podcast Daily. He's Bill. I'm Austin, and we will talk to you later.